Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Well, it looks like somebody's in a good mood. Yeah, I just got a compliment that I wasn't expecting. Oh, is that all it takes? Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So come on and join me on the flip as we get into some really deep work here when we talk about the high magic of mood and tone to control you. Oh, yes. I'll see you on the flip. Hey there, and welcome to today's podcast. Thank you for those few people who reached out to make sure I was okay. Yes, I am still in the midst of my uh, sinus stuff and all of that. And I hope I'm doing better today (laughs) Um, because I know you, you guys were kind of concerned yesterday and it was a hard thing. And so today I hope that instead of sounding like a husky man, I'm sounding at least a little better or probably like a teenage boy going through some things. Okay. So thank you for that. And what I want to do is I want to bring something to the table that uh, I didn't think I was going to bring to the table when I was looking at uh, what I had on the list to talk to, uh, talk to you about today, but wisdom had her way as she is supposed to do. And I'm actually going to be talking about something that I normally would teach in my writing classes to people who want to make a living writing. Um, But and it probably because I'm actually working on that right now getting my next class ready, that wisdom decided to do her thing and show me some wisdom smacks in in some in an area. And so what I'm going to be talking about is I'm going to be talking about the magic, the high magic of mood and tone and how at any given time it is controlling you or you are controlling it. And the thing that I'll say about authors and writers is that we inherently start to know how to do this when we learn these skills. And that is how we're able to elicit the emotions out of you and put you in certain moods at will based on our word choices, the tenses of the words we use, meaning past, present, future, whatever, and our settings and our ability to paint massive and uh, vivid imagery, world building, whatever you want to call it. But it's a skill that can be learned. And you know, as we do on here with Wisdom Smacks, we always try to give you some wisdom training around here, okay? And so today we're going to be looking at mood and tone as, like I said, it pertains to you because whether you realize it or not, a lot of times you're dancing to the beat, the invisible beat of tone and mood. 
and that if you're controlling it, then it's tone. If you're receiving it, then it's mood. And we're going to talk about that. All right. Now I have this friend, love him dearly, and he is hilarious. And I always tell him, you need a chaperone when you go shop. Because if a if a pretty young lady smiles at him the right way, he'll just give him give her his wallet and then be like, take what you want. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So his mood is easily triggered to be happy based on someone's tone. Um, and we always make a joke about that. But it goes deeper than that. And it goes deeper because a lot of people are activating these things or on the receiving end of these things and don't realize what they're doing. And there's there's magic. Uh, I, we've talked many times about the magic of words and how by putting certain words together, you bypass the logical front lobe of the brain and go directly to that primal brain where all of the decisions and the desires are made to get stuff done anyway. And there are people that are wizards at doing it on command, in mass, they're able to do it. And so today I'm going to help you a little bit too. All right. So the best way to help you in, in the time that we have uh, is to start with giving you just a, a quick down and dirty of what we as authors learn uh, when it comes to tone and mood. And so uh, tone and mood are they're similar, but they have slight differences depending on if you're writing nonfiction as opposed to fiction. Now, you guys know or should know by now that I'm a fiction queen, but I do tend to have to teach people how to write nonfiction with a creative fiction bent. So I have to know these rules for nonfiction as well. And so when you're talking about mood and tone, okay, I'm going to do nonfiction first and then I'll talk about non- uh, fiction, okay? So if you're wanting to uh, do tone and mood, and you should, by the way, uh, what you you understand is that what this is, is the mood of the story, excuse me, the mood of the piece, if it's nonfiction, is going to be what the reader receives from the piece or from the content of what they're receiving. If you are looking at the tone of a nonfiction piece, it is what the author wants to convey or persuade or sway the reader into receiving, okay? So let me say that again. If you're looking at nonfiction, you as the receiver, the reader, the hearer, whatever, however you want to call yourself that, you are the mood, meaning that however you react to what you have seen, heard, read, whatever, is going to be the mood. However you receive what I have put out there is the mood. Whereas the tone is my intention of what has been received. So in other words, and this goes for both mood and tone, mood is going to be the impact of what you've done, what a writer has done. Tone is going to be the intention of what the writer has done, okay? Uh, and I, <laughs> it's funny because I was going to talk about impact and intention today. It's a, it's a concept that has taken off uh, within uh, certain realms, especially the feminist movement. And uh, they have a way of looking at it uh, that I thought was something. <laughs> and it got, it, it, it got me to thinking about it you know, with regards to wisdom for, you know, 
us, for all of us. Uh, and so I was going to talk about that today, but I guess it snuck its way in here. Uh, so, hey, you do get a little bit of it. And so when we talk about uh, tone, tone is what you intend uh, to convey. Okay. And mood uh, is what the reader is impacted by or what how the reader receives it. Okay. So, and that's for whether it's nonfiction or fiction. Okay. So I, I think we're okay with that. Okay. And you guys, please forgive me. I'm trying to take in breaths here so I can make sure uh, I, I can talk. So I hope that this is not an unpleasant experience and I'm going to keep on going because I, I think I can do this. All right. So let me just recap real quickly. For nonfiction, when we're teaching people how to write, we first and foremost want them to understand that tone and mood are very important. And they're actually elements that you definitely use to create the atmosphere of your story, the tone of your attitude towards the topic. And it's a way of setting up the uh, setting, the characters, the details, and all of that. And so that leads me into if you're doing it for a fiction uh, work, something that, that's not true. So in nonfiction, it's all about author and receiver reader. In fiction, it's all about the main character and their setting or atmosphere. Okay. It can be people in, in other people in the book as well. But instead of it going outward to the reader directly, it goes outward to the reader indirectly because there is kind of like a two prong attack of what tone and mood are doing when you're in fiction. And to me, that's why fiction authors are so awesome. <laughs> okay. And the reason why is because with the tone, when you're looking at uh, fiction, that's where you'll start to see the main character is the producer of how the event plays out. The main character is the person that is uh, setting up the pace, setting up whether it's good or bad based on how they are acting, how the words that they are using and uh, how they are reacting to their world. So that's the tone. So just remember, the tone is the main character, or you can even say that it's the author through the main character. But if you're a good author, your hand should be invisible when someone is reading your story. They should not be seeing someone behind this character as the puppet master. So we're going to say, for sake of great writing, <laughs> that it's all about the main character, okay? And then for mood, mood. And so in nonfiction, it's going to be how the, the impact of what the writer has done impacts the reader. In fiction, it's going to be all about what the atmosphere and the environment feels like. So for instance, if you are looking at tone in uh, a context of uh, a fiction, that's going to be uh, I'm trying to think of an iconic uh, fiction character that everybody would understand. But just pick your favorite fiction character. And then the mood is going to be the actual, it can be the actual setting or it can be the vivid picture of imagery that is painted uh, by how it is described that the main character is reacting to their physical setting. So think of it like this. You can have 
uh, atone by word choices that the reader is, uh, I mean, that the main character is speaking in dialogue or is thinking in uh, internal dialogue, internal monologue, excuse me, uh, or in, in narrative. Or you can have mood where you are being told about a cemetery at midnight. Oh, yes. It's very powerful. All right. So now that I've taken that time to give you a crash course on tone and mood in nonfiction and fiction, I think we're ready to get to the nitty gritty of how you're being controlled or how you are controlling people because it is a high magic. You might as well take a wand and wave it over people when you use this stuff. Okay. All right. So off the rip. Let's talk about tone because tone is something that you produce. Remember, I said it is going to be your intention. And when you have an intention followed by an action, usually by some words, then there's going to be a reaction, which is the impact that others are going to have from those words, which will set the mood. Okay. So remember, or not remember, um, uh, when I talk about, I have this friend and he, uh, he doesn't go shopping very often, but when he does, he often jokes that he needs a chaperone. And it's because if someone says the right things and smiles and is kind to him and they happen to be of the female persuasion and are uh, good on the eyes, soft on the eyes, he's tending. He's normally going to be like, here's my wallet. Take what you want. <laughs> You know, just leave me enough to get home. And I always laugh at that because he is an uh, oversimplified version of tone and mood and what happens uh, with this control and this power that we all have. And some of us know how to use it and some of us don't. And I'm going to just say that right now, that there are people that do nothing but spend their lives learning how to use these very things to influence and control the masses. Now, some of them are marketers, a lot of them are influencers, and some of them are grifters. And a few of them are great, notable people who have the gift of just persuasion. It just naturally comes. But you know, they have found a way to make all of this trainable and in a skill. And I'm going to do my best in the next few minutes to give you some starting points on how this happens and what you can do about it. Okay. All right. Good. So the first thing I'm going to say is when you are wanting to uh, exert tone, and like I said, tone is your intention uh, or it is how you set the atmosphere so that the atmosphere will portray the mood that you want people to have. You're going to use a lot of times verbs, different types of verbs. Now, this is not a grammar course, but we're going to talk about a few types of verbs that get a lot of impact and and the reason why. So the first thing I'm going to say is, You concentrate on a few types of verbs. We concentrate on action verbs, which are going to just be direct. She sat. He wept. (laughs) They fought. You know, those action verbs. And then we have passive verbs, uh, which are what we would call to be verbs, presence. You know, they are not as impactful. And usually there is something in between the subject and the verb that slows it down. And it's an indirect action. Now, I don't have time to do all of this. You can go and Google a whole list of to be verbs. Uh, 
And then we have gerunds, ing's. Those are uh, present, always happening, coming, being, doing kinds of verbs. And then we have adverbs. And I am always uh, reminded of uh, conjunction, uh, schoolhouse rock. Uh, Lolly, 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 get your adverbs here. And I hope I don't get copyright strike for that. But uh, how powerful it was for helping people to understand our children to understand that an adverb attached to an adjective attached to a verb. And this right here, if you really want to sway people, you will become highly proficient in understanding words ending in L-Y, words ending in I-N-G, and passive to-be words. You would think I would say that it would be action verbs, right? You would be wrong. The reason why is when you use action verbs, they work really well in writing because there is not a real way to convey passage of time. And so pacing with action verbs is fast and it gets to the point and people have a sense of movement. But in real life, when you're interacting with people, and if you only talk in active verbs, you come off as straightforward, short, blunt, un- uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, harsh, and you come off as cold and distant. And so we have naturally learned to use more of the two Bs, the gerunds and the adverbs in our everyday language. And then there are people that are virtuoso, virtuosos, excuse me, in how they use these words to influence impact. Because remember, they intend, and if they know what they do, they're doing, they can make sure that their intention and their impact are the same. And so you are dancing to their to their beat once they put their tone on you and you get into their mood. All right. So look at this. Um, When you are dealing with tone and you are the person doing the tone, a lot of times you will start to use and pepper your words with a strong action uh, verb. Uh, but you will couch it in a to-be verb like, she was brave, always coming to my rescue. So brave, action, coming, that I-N-G, which was always coming. You're implanting that it's an always action, always happening, you know, to my aid, of course, prepositional phrase and all of that. And don't roll your eyes because I'm giving you some real good stuff. Listen up here. All right. So you'll hear these types of uh, sentence constructs in a lot of oratory. And um, there is a book and and I every time I uh, recommend it, I feel kind of bad because it's not an easy book. It's more of like a reference book. And it's called How to Read a Book by Dr. Mortimer Adler. Uh, and it uh, he was the CEO of an uh, Encyclopedia 
Wikipedia Britannica, and this book was first written in the 40s and then re-updated in the 70s. And he came for people's throats. He was like, what you're not going to do is you're not going to try to tell me you can speed read and understand everything about reading. And what I like about it is is he was the one who finally helped me to understand what true persuasive writing was beyond just understanding the basics of tone and mood. And when he wrote in this book, the, the things that he did about how to detect persuasive writing, all of the speeches that I had heard and had been forced to memorize as a little kid became vibrant because I started to see all the tick, the tricks and the tips that the pros used to sway people in an emotional dance, to impact them uh, to the level and effect that they wanted. And so by learning that when a person speaks, their word choice, if it is vivid, to the point where it directly bypasses your need to dissect what they said and immediately slams you into a technicolor picture, there is a lot of tone going on that is setting your mood. And (laughs) I, I look at all of the times that I went to church and there was testimonial service and there were some people, they would get up there and you'd be like, oh, this gonna be long. I need to go to the bathroom. And then there were other people, they would start talking and people would amen them and they would stay up there and it would get better and better and better. And I just thought they were great storytellers or natural storytellers. Lo and behold, whether they knew it or not, they were employing the things that I'm talking about right here. They knew how to keep you on the edge of your seat by using impactful, uh, solid Uh, action words and then clothing them in these ing words clothing them in these adverbs that were very flowerly and then the word choices that they would have to let you know instinctively whether or not this was the villain or the angel whether we liked them or we didn't like them by their uh ability to sway the room and the atmosphere to get the mood that they wanted. There was this one guy, he was always ready with a testimony. And we knew we were going to be emotionally spent after he had his 10 minutes, because we were going to feel like all hope was lost. And he was going to bring us up to the rafters and the high points of a good old won't he do it by the time he sat down. And it was because he either intuitively or was skillfully able to understand tone and mood and the dance that it can have. So now let me give you um, a few practical things that uh, you can use with regards to these magical words of tone and mood, okay? Understanding that not only do you use verbs, but when you put them with powerful questions, and I've talked about questions before, and you understand intonations, uh, that deserves a podcast or three just by itself. Uh, Intonation, using these types of verbs that I've talked about and forming them in questions is extremely powerful to set tone. And that tone is what controls people because it sets their mood. If they are not aware If they are not trained like you are now, they will be unaware of what is going on. That is how people will go and do what you want them to. And they will swear on a stack of Bibles that you didn't tell them to do it. 
Okay, so here's another book that I've mentioned in the past, and it's a really good book that most marketers and people have, and it's called uh, Magical. <clears throat> it's called uh, Exactly What to Say, and it's by Phil Jones, and I've just picked a few of them. And so, and the reason why I picked these is because some of them are questions, some of them are statements, but you've probably heard them. And when I say them, you're going to be like, dang it, I got got. Okay. So here's one that he says, whenever you hear somebody saying, just imagine, and you see how I said that with that inflection, just imagine, you know, you're, you're invoking them to come in for a secret or for an, a bit of insightfulness instead of saying, just imagine, you know, a statement. You don't want a declarative with that. You want some mystery to it. What they are doing is they are about to paint some powerful, vivid imagery on your mind that is going to bypass your logical front lobe area, frontal lobe area, and go directly to your primal uh, area in the back of your brain where all the decisions are made. Because after just imagine, they are going to then future cast you to somewhere that you want to be. So an example would be, just imagine how good life can be in six months when you have taken this potion. You want that because that just imagine immediately put you six months ahead where they can now paint what it looks like. All right. Here's another one. And like I said, I put a, purposefully didn't do the a lot of questions this time because I've done them in, in a past, uh, a previous uh, podcast that you can go t- check out. So here's another one. And it is, as I see it. Okay. So people love, they don't realize it, but they love to be given and spoon fed a lot of stuff. And so when you use this word, as I see it, people are expecting you to tell them what you see. And especially if you can tell them what you see or give them options to choose from, you become very powerful. So when you use the intonation of a question of as I see, it changes as if you use the intonation of a statement. So let's do a question really quickly. As I see, as I see it, you see how we went up? As I see it. What you're doing is, is you're conveying to them that I'm just like you. I'm on your level. I'm your comrade or even I'm below you, below you in station, just here to serve you. Okay. And you can, and then you follow it up. You can say, you can either do this or you can do that. It's up to you. But guess what you've already done? You've already given them options. So say, for instance, you know, you are the dominator. You are totally in influence. You have station over this person and you do the, as I see it, it looks like this. Well, as I see it, you've got three options. You can do A, B, or C. Uh, But you know, it's up to you, whatever you want to do. And I know you've heard that before with that type of intonation. And people feel resigned to choose from those three options that you give them because you have infused authority into that. All right. So then here is a question that I wanted to um, uh, put in uh, here so that you could just see how you can do a quick question. What's going to be easier for you? And then you give them an option, A or B. What's going to be easier for you? 
And that's showing camaraderie. Uh, I want to help and all of that. And they're going to be prone to take it. And you're setting the mood that you're here to help them. You are an angel. You, you see what I'm saying? It's the tone, setting their mood, and the persuasion. All right. So let's look at another phrase uh, that is really popular. And this one right here, I have heard it. It has always annoyed me. <laughs> and I didn't know why until I learned this. And here it goes. And the statement is, there are two types of people in this world. And then what they do is, depending on what they've been talking about, the two types of people are always going to be people, first of all, who are not like you, and then people who are like you. And they're going to tie the people who are like you to them and you. So that you were like, yeah, you part of my tribe. I see you, cuz. I see you, kin folk. I see you, you know, and it's a persuasion. And then um, I got to hurry up because my time is expiring. And so then there is another one that is, oh, it's diabolical. And it's like this. It says this. I bet you're a bit like me. Now, this one, you can say it just about any kind of way you want to and ne- and not flub it up. You, you're going to get the response that you need because what you're doing is, is by saying, I bet you're a bit like me is saying that we're in cahoots, uh, we're smarter than other people, or we're in the know, or we think differently. However you want to set the tone for what you're talking about, this, I bet you're like me, is going to solidify with almost a exact certainty the mood that that person is now in. If you want them to be angry, you'll say things like, I bet you're a bit like me. I would never have put up with that. That's going too far. Or if you're wanting to get them excited, I bet you're a bit like me. If I saw opportunity like that, I would not let it go by. I would jump on it so fast. You you see, it, it works. And so these are just some examples of stuff that people study and they have, uh, perfected it over the years to know the exact phrases of what to do. Now, if you don't know the exact phrases, then you can use words all around those uh, verbs that I've talked about. You know, start with uh, verbs that are just action. They are what they are. Um, If somebody is brave, if somebody is loyal, you know, you could say, uh, she is loyal. Uh, she lovingly, you see, that's the L uh, L Y word. She lovingly comes, comes, always coming. It's like an I N G word. She lovingly comes to uh, our aid whenever we call. You know, if you're trying to get volunteers to do something, and on and on it goes. And so, because my time is up, let me hurry up and just try to give you a recap really quickly, and then I'm gonna let you go. All right. So understand this that. When you're talking about control and being controlled, think of it as impact and intention. And intention is what the uh, producer, the author, the uh, speaker is doing. And then uh, that's going to be tone. And then for mood, that's going to be the reader, the receiver, uh, the person on the other end or the atmosphere that is trying to be conveyed.
And then there are phrases that you can use and understand the power of verbs and you will be ahead of the game. So, yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.